Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host and encouragement coach, Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you are here with me as we are on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is Women Encouraging Women to Drop the Cape. I'm so excited about this episode, y'all. All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. As always, you know, I have three important details that I want to share with you before we dive into today's topic. First, please know I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person that wants you to live your best life. Two, I am a Christian. While I will share experiences that may involve my beliefs, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you on this podcast. And three, I'm a woman, hence the podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be a woman, but men, please know, I know we got supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain a strong and unshakable image, then you are in the right place because this is a podcast for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools that go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, then join the encouragement fan. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate, and review. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out of the way, let's get into women, encouraging women to drop that cape. This is such an important episode, y'all. I want to give y'all some background. Okay, so it started off with me going on IG Live with Lania of Chai Unique Finds. And this is a Black woman-owned business, y'all. So please support, please, please, please. And we went on the live. The live was great. We were supposed to be talking about um, supporting small businesses. And we just ended up talking about everything under the sun, <laughs> so, especially things that impact women. And so it was such an amazing conversation that that evening, I want to say late in the midnight hour, um, the Holy Spirit just gave me this thought to actually do a podcast episode on women encouraging women or episodes, excuse me. And so when that thought came to mind, I was like, duh, why am I thinking that? <laughs> This is an encouragement podcast, like, hello. And so as soon as I had that thought way in the midnight hours, I immediately had women that popped in my head. And so I reached out to them immediately. And today you get to hear from one of those people. And I'm so excited about it. I really feel like it's going to be a blessing. Well, let me just add that that's a quick thing that I, well, not a quick thing, but something that I learned in regards to obedience. So in this scenario, the live was on a Thursday. I had that thought come to me late in the wee morning hours of Friday morning. I reached out to people that Friday and now it's Sunday and I'm getting this interview started and kicked off. And so sometimes obedience works like that, but sometimes obedience also works slow. Like when, you know, it took us nine years to pay off the house. Now, while, like I said, nine years in a comparison with 30, 
is great, but nine years is still nine years. That's still just shy of a decade, right? And so (laughs) sometimes obedience takes that long stretch of time before you get to your desired result. And sometimes it happens before the weekend is over. And so I'm just thankful that in obedience, you learn that it can really go either way. But as long as you're obedient, it's going to work out in your favor because the obedience that takes that long stretch of time, that teaches you patience, that teaches you commitment, that teaches you consistency. But obedience in a short span of time can be teaching you to step out on faith, to be encouraged, to encourage yourself to do things that you don't normally do, to ask people of things that you wouldn't normally feel comfortable asking for. And then it can happen just like that. And so I'm just thankful for the different lessons that can come from just being obedient. Another thing that this obedience taught me was just gratitude in my village. I absolutely love and feel blessed that I have a village that supports me that supports me in the long-term phases and the short-term phases that I could reach out on Friday and get a response immediately to have some scheduled on Sunday. I just absolutely love the fact that I have such a loving and supportive village. And I do not take that for granted. I'm so grateful for that. And so those were kind of moments of gratitude within that obedience. And so use me as an example to move forward in obedience if it's something that you're thinking about or worrying about. And speaking of my village, I am so happy to have my guest today. She was one of the people that came to my head as soon as the Holy Spirit brought this to me in the wee hours of the morning on Friday. And so I'm so thankful to have Mrs. Jessica Hickson Walker. Thank you, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, (laughs) y'all. I'm really happy to have you. You have, you, well, one, you're just an amazing person. But two, you are such a great person to have in your village. If that makes sense. Go ahead. Does that make sense? It does, because I feel the same way about you. Y'all, seeing Fuller's over here, like, y'all, we're in this for life over here, y'all. A lifetime. (laughs) so I just want to thank you for being here I really appreciate it I really appreciate you like answering the calls super quick because I know this was a very quick turnaround so thank you for that and (laughs) I really want to talk about women encouraging women to drop the cape I feel like you are one of the most perfect people to talk about that because one you're a great encourager but two you also have a lot going on and do a lot. Being <laughs> too most over here, guys. <laughs> so go ahead. Did you have something? No, I was going to say, no, I, we've had a lot of conversations about this, about the balancing act and, you know, the, really the antithesis of superwoman trying to accomplish the world, y'all but also having a limited amount of time. We all, we only have 24 hours. So just trying to rectify in my mind what I'm supposed to do versus what I could do um, and being able to see the difference between the two has been a journey, needless to say. Absolutely. And look, you know, you know, I'm here with you. You already know. (laughs) Listen, because, okay, y'all. So um, can I just jump in? 
Well, before, well okay. let I want people to know who you are first. So tell people who is Jessica? Who is she? What does she do? Where is she from? Let me know all these wonderful things about you. Who is Jessica? Y'all, I am a friend of Savon. Let's start out with that. <laughs> so as we talk today, you'll probably see like, okay, like that, there is some history there. Right. Um, but Jessica Walker, I am a wife and mother. I am a serial entrepreneur um, by night and by day. I work in corporate America as a product development manager. So I oversee innovation design. And that kind of goes into the way my brain works because I'm always thinking about different things and I'm always thinking about people and Estevan called out, like I'm always trying to find ways to encourage people um, in a number of ways. So with that, I have a few businesses. I have Unique Treats, which is a lifestyle um, and apparel company where we aim to inspire people with trendy slogans on our apparel um, and other goods. I have a podcast called the Five Peas Podcast, where we look to encourage people with um, biblical-based principles, but also practical principles, um, where the goal is just to pr- help you pursue your God-given purpose. In addition to that, I have a business development company called Promising Presence and a number of other things. So we can get into that as the conversation unfolds, but um, needless to say, I love God, I love people, and I like to laugh. <laughs> That's yes. who I am in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And so you do a lot, a lot, a lot for all those who just heard all the things. Did you also, did you say you have two kids? Yeah, two kids who, uh, y'all, I love my kids to death. <laughs> They keep me on my toes like that. That's probably my biggest accomplishment is just uh, trying to rear them and help them uh, help them achieve their dreams. I have an astronaut and probably a lawyer or a judge because baby girl plays no games. So. <laughs> yeah. no, that's my real job right there. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure we have an astronaut, too, but she also wants to be a, a fashion designer as well as she likes designing homes that's what she does on her leg with her legos and etch sketch and so i don't know what what we got going on but she has said since she was like two and a half that she wanted to be astronaut and that's so that's the reason why y'all need to move here so we can go we'll ahead <laughs> that's why y'all need to move here now, we'll move to the coast the <laughs> nah we love you though we'll visit so with all that you have going on right wife mom you have a full-time job you have three businesses and you are still active in a church you didn't Mm -hmm. mention that you're very active in the church and so you do a lot with that as well Mm -hmm. do you consider yourself a superwoman or an antithesis of superwoman now that's a great question. <laughs> I <laughs> I consider myself to be superwoman because even with the stuff that we've called out there, there's still a number of other things that I'm deeply ingrained in that we haven't even touched the surface on. But many days it looks like the antithesis of superwoman where it's just like, girl, what are you out here trying to do? Like you're doing too much. Like <laughs> you can't you can't do it all. So I would say some days I may be superwoman. Other days I own up to being the antithesis of superwoman. So 
It just depends on how the coin is flipped on that particular day. Right. And I think that's probably for the most of us, right? Like some days we feel like we have to be superwoman and other days we feel like even if we wanted to be superwoman that day, just ain't nothing going right. Like it ain't working like how we expected. Right. Right. And so one of the things that I'm trying to work on is embracing the fact that being the antithesis of superwoman, I can't even say it, being an antithesis of superwoman isn't a bad thing. Like that's actually what we should be striving for because when we're the antithesis of superwoman, that means we're a whole person. That means we are established in the boundaries that we set. Mm -hmm. That means that we are prior, our priorities are in the right place. Cause when you're the superwoman, you typically prioritize everyone else and everything else. Right. right? Yeah. And that is dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous for black women, especially for black women. It so, is. Trying to figure out how to switch that around to where we can still be the antithesis of superwoman while still achieving our goals, being successful, being loving and being who we are in our fullness and our true selves, right? When we live up to like this superwoman status, we're never, in my opinion, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but we're never, I feel, in our true identity because we're so busy trying to be this superwoman identity. But when we're like really standing in who we are in the fullness of ourselves and who God created us to be, then we do far above and beyond what any superwoman could do. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think, especially as a Black woman, we've been trained to be everything for everyone to a fault especially if you are in the church as well I feel like the church puts like this unspoken um weight on you where you have to show up you have to do everything for everyone and if you don't something is wrong right you have you you have to be a pillar for everyone and that's been one of the biggest journeys i've been on over the past few years where i on one hand it's like i have these um, great dreams and i i'm coming to fully understand what my god given purpose is and at the same time i'm having to ward off all of these distractions that you know people are looking to me to be everything. It's like, y'all, I'm not God. I don't have right. the energy nor the patience to be everything, but it's a journey. Like I think in, for a lot of us, it takes us getting to certain pivotal points to realize that we can't be superwoman all the time. And it's not healthy to be superwoman. Right. Um, and I don't want to even jump ahead. I think one of the, uh, something we're going to get to is like, you know, what was that pivotal moment where I feel like I had to take off the cape, right? And I went through that after having my daughter. So y'all, I went through this pregnancy. It was crazy where it was moments where I couldn't walk. I was on a walker. I had a lot going on. Like I ended up losing one of my cousins, like my second cousin, but it was somebody that, you know, who I was close with growing up. But I just remember being so, you know, being away from family, but still trying to coordinate things. Like I'm driving out here trying to get flowers and doing all of this stuff, like this unnecessary pressure. Um, while being in a, a toxic work environment during a period, like all of this stuff was going on. And then you have like family members or friends who always come to you and they're pulling on you for everything to the point that I was out here applying for jobs for people like, let me, you know, help them get it together. And it's just like, wait a minute, applying for jobs for people? Yeah. <laughs> doing, doing the absolute most. 
stressing myself out for no reason. <laughs> Again, and I think that's the thing when you when you a portion of what your purpose is, if it's connected to inspiring and giving people hope, sometimes you overstep boundaries. Like in I've been having to understand it's one thing to connect people to resources. It's one thing to inspire people, but you cannot make it happen for them. They have to want it for themselves. And that's been a journey for me because I hate to see other people fail. Like when you want people to do good, it's like you have good intentions, but the result of it ends up being bad. You just had to step back and just say, okay, this is too much. So fast forward, like, you know, just a very uh, tough time with like physically, I was like beating myself up, not knowing how to stop. And then you have these goals and ambitions as well. Like, you know, career-wise, it's like, I'm trying to climb the corporate America ladder. You know, I'm trying not to let my family and friends down. I'm trying to chase these dreams. And my body is like, girl, you can barely move. Like you can barely get out of bed, much less put this type of stress on yourself. So I remember, you know, the night before I had my daughter, I was standing in the bathroom with my son and I was like, I can't get no bigger. And like, we made a song about it and it was... I made the song almost out of a place of frustration. Like, okay, you, you're doing too much. And this is years and years. It wasn't just a pregnancy, but it was like years of me trying to wear the weight of the world. Like trying to, you got a problem, give it to me. Let me help you figure it out. Like, oh, you're trying to do that. Hey, bring it over here. Let me help you figure it out. Yeah. And I got to a point, it was just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like physically, my body is about to give out, like all of this stuff. Thank God my water broke because it, I felt like having her allowed me to take a break. Right. It was like, it, it allowed me to take a break. My mom would call me after I had her and she would say, you should get out the house and you should go do this. And I was like, no, I'm at home. I'm enjoying this, this particular season of my life. And I'm okay with telling people no. Mm-hmm. And from that particular point, it's, um, it's gotten easier for me to say, okay, you're overstepping this boundary or no, I can't do this. Like I have two kids. I have all of this other stuff going on. I can't do it. And it has also allowed me to ask for help <laughs> and be okay with it. Like it's okay to tap into that village to say, Hey, I don't have it all together. I don't know everything, or I don't have the time to do this. Do you mind pitching in? And that has made a world of difference. I absolutely love that. And I'm glad that you clarified that that was pregnancy number two, because I was about to add that on there. I was like, (laughs) you still had a whole child (laughs) in the midst of all of that. You already had a child that you were still taking care of. And so absolutely. Yeah, it is. I think that to me, when I hear that, I don't even know if you were overstepping boundaries. I feel like the boundaries were never there to be overstepped in the first place. Ooh, get me and, together. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like because there weren't any boundaries there and a lot of what we know in our culture is to not have any boundaries. Yes. Right. And with certain um, situations and even with certain family ties, Sometimes having boundaries can, people can take that as a disrespect yep. or, you know, like you feel a certain way about them when really it's not that it's you trying to feel a certain way about you and not burn out and break down. Right. Yeah. Uh, we really have to unlearn a boundary being seen as something difficult or being seen as something wrong or, you know, rude or disrespectful. Like it's none of those things. Right. Um, I, that's 
that's been a big thing over the past few years. So my husband's divine number one. Divine number two. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna do that on this podcast. <laughs> So we, sometimes we, we talk about that because, um, by nature, I'm an analyzer, right? I'm always trying to, to piece things together. So when it comes down to setting boundaries, a portion of that sometimes defaults to, well, what will this, these people think about this? And that was another area I had to free myself from. It's like, you know, regardless of how they think about it or how they feel about it, Ultimately, it's about what's in my best interest, like what's in the best interest of my kids. Um, Ultimately, what's in the best interest of the things I'm pursuing that I feel like God, not feel like I know God has called me to. And if they're not able to understand that and support it, well, that's between them and God. Like that's something that they need to figure out in their journey. And um, it's been one of those things. You'll have some people that are completely okay with it. Most of the time you're worrying about stuff and other people could care less. Like you're stressing yourself out and people are like, okay, like that's fine. <laughs> you know, like it's like going out to eat with someone and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go. And they end up canceling on you. So yeah, free, free yourself. Like people, the weight that you think you, as much as you think people care about these situations, they don't. So a lot of these barriers and these capes that we put on, they're just in our minds. They're not real capes that we have to wear. But again, I think, especially in the Black community, when um, so many people in our generation are trying to move forward, it's like this great generational um, wealth um, barrier that we're trying to overcome. Like we're trying to do, do it all and be it all. Like we're trying to make up for all of the generations who come before us while preparing for the generations ahead of us. And also having, I don't want to say it's like a, a sense of pride, but it's that thing like I can't fail it, or how would it look if I just don't do it? So you couple that in with social media, who's putting up, you know, putting all of these things in front of us saying, you got to look this way, you need to sound this way, you have to be, you, be all of these things to have value. And if you, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself just being completely lost in the sauce, trying to do it all for no reason. And you had a really question, like, again, purpose and where God has called you to and why are you doing things? Because ultimately at the end, you know, when it's all said and done, you do want to leave your legacy. You want to leave your mark on the world. You want to make sure that you leave the generations to come in a better position. But a lot of the things we're working on are just vain things, just to say we're busy, just to say we've done something to make us feel good about ourselves. Um, and that's it. We're tired, but we have accomplishments. We're tired, but we have degrees. That, <laughs> that makes me think of two questions. So one, it was kind of touched on a little bit, but not really, is where do you think this cape came from in the first place, right? So that's the first question. Oh, I just forgot the second question. It was good too. It'll come back to me. I think the cape comes from two, a, a number of places. One, I think it's that little child that didn't have X, Y, Z, and now you're hungry for whatever you thought wasn't possible. So even after you've reached success and you've obtained things that you never thought was possible, now you're hungry for the next. You don't stop to bask in what you've been able to accomplish. So now you got to go out and do more, you know, this isn't it. Like there has to be more. 
Um, you can't get online right now without people talking about vision boards and all of these other things. It's like, you know, you got to dream bigger, do bigger, do more. Um, and then you have family, you know, whether it be your parents or your broader village who place all of these expectations on you from birth. Like you have to do more. You know, if your parents have a bachelor's degree, God knows you had to have at least your master's, <laughs> you know, um, if they've been able to buy, you know, this certain type of house, you have to do the same. And by no means am I telling you not to want to do better, because again, I'm all about getting yourself in the best position as possible, but I'm also about staying in your lane and running your course in a way that's meaningful to you in a way that, um, that's able to transform how you see the world so that you're able to overcome any trauma you've had, as well as bringing others along. But if we try to wear the cape, because here's the other thing, most of these capes that we're putting on is the capes of other people. Like we're mimicking what we've seen other people do. do. Um, in my particular life, right, when I talk about my, uh, my need to save everybody around me and to do everything for everyone, I saw my mom be the same way. You know, she took care of people in the community. If someone, even to this day, if someone needs something, they know they can go to her. Like she's gonna help in some regards, whether if it's just a prayer or something else. And I find myself fussing at her saying like, you need to just let it go. Like these people don't care. If these people are not gonna change, like why are you, why are you running yourself in the ground? But I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I remember stories um, from my grandmother where she would help like homeless people that would come through the town. Like she would always provide food and do all of these things. So I come from a a, a lineage of women who always gave their all at all costs, like at all costs. So I find myself doing the same thing. I see the goodness in it, but I'm able to see the goodness in it, mimic the good, but I'm starting to establish boundaries to say I can do good, but I can't do good from an empty jar. Yes. And so the second question came back. And if it's right in line with what you just said, because I absolutely agree. I feel like the Cape has been, I think society plays a huge factor. We were forced to wear the Cape for a long time. And so I feel like as black women, we, instead of fighting that embraced it and now it's become the standard, but the the standard is deadly is why you got high blood pressure high cholesterol, diabetes, heart issues. Like we don't even realize and are still learning in cancer, the impacts of stress and exhaustion on our body over a period of time. You could be 30 years old and have a 45 year old heart just because of the stress that you put on yourself. And so a lot of that stress comes from putting on that cake. And so we have to ask ourselves when we, for all those women who are proclaimed superwomen who are out there trying to save their world, trying to save the world a little bit at a time, right? Who are you really saving? Because if you are saving or trying to save, most of the time you're doing stuff for people that allows you to be placed in a pattern to where you will continually do stuff for people and they're not going to learn and grow because they're going to have you to continue to do the stuff for them, right? That's one. But two, 
if you're trying to save everybody else, but you lose yourself in a process, then who are you really saving? Nobody, because guess what? Nobody can come back to you now because you're gone. Gone. You spent everything. <laughs> you know? Gone, gone. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to realize, like, we have to change this narrative of wearing it like a badge of honor, right? Really, it's more like a disease. Our heart is in the right place, but because of lack of boundaries, we end up killing ourselves. Black women have some of the highest rates of all the negative health things in the world. <laughs> and we do. Like, there's a reason <laughs> for that. There's a reason for that. And it's not because we're just the worst of the people. It's because we are the ones that built this country on our backs and are still carrying it. Come on, come on, say it. Listen, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Listen, when you talk about um, generational trauma, um, that's one thing that studies have shown that you pass it down from generation to generation. So even as you work to be better and set these boundaries, a portion of that is still embedded in your DNA. So as we think about slavery, and y'all know, Offline, Stavon and I would probably go there. We would probably go all the way there. But when you think about all of that, you think about not, when you think about, um, especially when men were stripped from the home, like the balance of homes as well, and our family makeup and what we had to do to survive, most people come from some sort of a broken home. Even when they had both parents, there was still some sort of an imbalance there. Or the parent, if they even if they had both parents there, what they endured in their workplaces and then having to come home and not being able to be fully present because they had given the best of themselves and not gotten anything in return, right? Not being able to see their dreams realized because they just got to make it, you know, and I'm from the good old, good old South. <laughs> Y'all so the Go good ahead, old South, so, uh, Monroeville. <laughs> so if you guys have read To Kill a Mockingbird or Just Mercy, you're very familiar, like you'll be familiar with like, you know, the crazy stuff. So um, that's where I'm from. And when I go back to my grandmother, I think when she died in 1993, because I remember going with her to clean people's houses. Yeah. Like I've, I've lived that life. Like I've seen there, I've been that I've, I've done that. So, you know, and it comes in the form of, in my mind, it's like, you had to work hard y'all because you know, no, there is no way I can fail because I come from people who gave their all and opportunities just weren't there. Like my grandfather, who I grew up in the household with, he had to quit um, eighth grade to go work so that he could provide for his grandparents. Like he had an opportunity to go to Tuskegee because he excelled at math, but he didn't have an opportunity to see his dream realized. Mm -hmm. So then you pass it on to like my parents who were able to make a good lifestyle. My mom went back and got her degree later in life. Um, so I wouldn't say we were at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, living in a small town, but I still see where they weren't able to accomplish all of their dreams. So as a child, y'all, I'm born in 88, not to put all my business out here on the podcast, but I just want to frame <laughs> a picture for y'all to understand what I've seen and what I've done and how it forces, you know, a portion of that trying to be superwoman is because of the things I saw as a child and my refusal to not be in a place of lack, but at the same time, understanding that 
having obtained and being in a place that my parents never could have dreamed of, I can say enough is enough and, and kind of, I don't want to say just coast through things, but take my foot off of the gas. Take a break. But take a break. Oh God, take a break. Y'all, we're going to get it. Look, I don't know how much time we got because I can talk <laughs> about this pivot because listen, it's necessary as well. But I've gone with my grandmother, you know, who worked in white people's homes to clean for less than a hundred some dollars a day. Like that was her job. Like, mm. a, you know, like I've done that stuff after she passed away, after my grandfather retired, he worked for this white doctor in town. So I went with him. Like I'm out here doing this stuff too. Like I fed the horses, I fed his dogs. I went to the house. I saw all of this stuff. Like I've done that, you know, um, after my grandmother passed away, my mom, I told you, she always did odd end jobs because she always had multiple jobs. Just that's just like where I come from. Like you're going to work hard. So I've gone to like these people's houses with her. She would clean this man's house for $10 in the nineties, $10. So, and it's just like, you know, wondering like, why are you doing this? And for her, it wasn't even out of a place of need, but it was just like, you know, we've always done this and, you know, if money is there, get it and save it. So for me growing up, one of the things that was pivotal in my life was that, okay, so in addition to all of that, We also had our gardens. So my granddad grew peas and beans and this was just like his thing, you know, like it was just food. It was, I wouldn't say a hobby, but it was just um, a thing that he did for the family and people would come through the community and also pick beans and peas. So my summer was spent picking beans and peas. So getting up early in the morning, I'm out in the field picking beans and peas and I hated it because after you do that, you had to go in and you had to shell the peas and beans then you know, like out, then my mama's churchy. So before we go to go to the night service, because my fa- they put on revivals all throughout the summer, I had to go back out and pick again. And you go to church, and you come back. So it's like the it never stopped. It was always something going on. So having that sort of a childhood where, you know, I, I couldn't understand, like, why are we doing all of this stuff? So I would be dramatic per usual and I would fall out in the garden. And my granddad would be like, get up. And I'm like, I can't do it. My head is hurt. I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh my like, God. I can't do this type of work. And he, and you know, between that and him telling, you know, young white people like, no, sir. And all of that stuff and me not understanding it. He told me, he was like, well, you better go to school, get a good education so that you don't have to be in the same position. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, say no more right say say no more (laughs) like say less like I'm gonna go out here and do it so getting having all of that and seeing where they were granted like I had other family members like my mom's siblings and stuff they moved off they had success in their careers and stuff so it wasn't like I didn't see examples of success it's just that I was I was stuck in the country (laughs) in these terrible conditions um so I was like I gotta get out I got to get a, it was terrible, y'all. First of all, stop. <laughs> because, okay, now, and I'm not trying to discredit your experience at all, but <laughs> having to do that taught you some very valuable lessons, right? I bet you right now, you know how to shuck. Listen, I was out there in my garden today, earlier. Exactly, Listen, right? I got some overseas so, on the counter ready. <laughs> so you- Balance, though. What'd you say? 
it's the balance of it all it's the balance and that exactly so that's what I was going to say like it taught you valuable lessons but unfortunately the lesson that you didn't get which none of us got because the generations that we're coming from never had the chance to rest right they didn't know how to teach something they never had and so just like our DNA has been shifted and transformed because of the trauma that's been passed down from slavery, we have the ability, in my opinion, to be able to change it back through being able to unlearn a lot of these things and change the way we move forward and do things, build rest, you know, build refreshers, know that it's okay to do things for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Don't make us less of a Christian that don't make us less of a, you know, that don't make us less of a person, that don't make us non-holy. We need that seventh day. We need that seventh day. (laughs) God told us to take it and we have not been taking it. We have. So we've actually been in disobedience. Come on. We're not taking it. But I did want to say before we move on, you made you made a statement that we can't say that's offensive now. You said bottom of the totem pole. and so that statement i just want to shed some light because i learned about it not too long ago too that statement is not only offensive to native americans but it's inaccurate because the bottom of the totem pole is actually one of the most honored places on the totem pole but because people who made that who made up that statement didn't know nothing listen used it as an insult instead of the honor that it was actually supposed to be snap snap to that y'all let me tell y'all about Savoy y'all I think I am pro pro rights of the people but y'all she knows her stuff see I've never that was what I've never heard of so now I need to uh, get myself together oh can I say this before we go on yeah earlier we were talking about um health black women and just everything so y'all what I at the beginning I didn't say I actually work in healthcare right now so a portion of my work is to understand research across a number of conditions pretty much the total person and what Stevon was saying is spot on our health rankings and our um, health our life um, outlook is much less than our counterparts for a number of reasons So when you think about how we live, the things we do in our environment, we have to take ownership and we have to go in and make some some real changes. We really have to advocate for ourselves across our entire life because ultimately our life is on the line. So whatever it is that you see that you are facing that's not good, it's not healthy, whether it be from a food scarcity position and you feel like you don't have adequate food because that also is one of those areas that you can slow down and take ownership and take the cape off to say, okay, I'm having to work too hard to have this. Like y'all need to provide me with more. Demand what you need. Demand what you need. And also to add to that, um, one, thank you because you know, I'm not an expert, but I love that I have an expert on here who can uh, back it up. Uh-uh. <laughs> but also I think it's important to know, like, let's just date, f- face the reality of it all. Like you are going to have to do more to get the same amount that someone else can do less for, you know? And so unfortunately that's just the reality of it all. 
even if you're on the same playing field with everything, because we are still so far behind in so many things, we're not really on the same playing field. You may live in a food desert and you may have to drive 20 miles to get something that's healthy. And while you should also fight for something to be in your local community, and I encourage you, if you can, to do some plant gardening um, of some simple basic things that are easy to do indoors or on a balcony, you also have to sometimes just grunt and bear it and do the extra work, go the extra mile to make sure that you get that health. And so it's unfortunate, right? I don't mean, I don't even know what else to say about that. It's unfortunate. It's unfair. It's all those things. But at the end of the day, our life matters. And so if we need to drive that extra 20 miles and spend that extra gas to make sure we're getting healthier food for us and our children and us and our family, then let's do that. Let's try to, you know, come up with a way to make it fun. If you have kids, take your kids with you and make it an adventure day or whatever, one day out of the week. Or if it's just you, try out different playlists or listen to different podcasts, wink, wink. Uh- <laughs> and t- this is the superwoman. So, you know, try to do something that helps you along the journey, but know that at the end of the day, If you're Black, most of us who are trying to get ahead and trying to shorten the wealth gap in America are going above and beyond to do so. And so that's just the unfortunate reality. And we cannot put our health at a back burner in order to do that. And that's something I'm working on myself. So I ain't talking about nobody because it's something I'm trying to work on. I think that's why a village is needed. So a village could be someone going out with you to get that food or rotating with families. It could be partnering to bring somebody into your community. It could be building a community garden, or it could just be having a text message buddy who holds you accountable to say, hey, today, could you walk a little bit more than you did last week? Or have you um, had your water intake for today? It's so small things like, you know, I challenge you tonight, eat out on X, Y, Z day, or just to cut back. And that also helps financially as well. So when we think about total person, health is wealth. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that the, the more you have unhealthy eating habits or physical habits that eats into your pocket long-term. Yes. It's, it's more expensive to get back to health than it is to maintain health. So going into whole foods or whole paycheck, it might be expensive for you. But when you look at it long-term, having to fight kidney disease, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, or even cancers of sorts, it's it's much more um, expensive to fight it from that area. And the system is set up to make you feel, and I hate to say that working in healthcare, but uh, one of the areas I've been working in is utilization management. And it's focused on um, making healthcare more efficient by lowering costs. A portion of that cost lowering is around prior authorization. So prior authorizations is what you need before you go to have a procedure done. So essentially, they're looking for ways to deny you from having those life-saving services. 
So you don't want to be at that point where somebody else is able to determine what you need and what you don't need. Take away the stress because strokes go into that, you know, heart attacks go into that. Get out your house, get out of your, your setting and go do something new. Simplify your day as much as possible. Outsource your day whether it be asking one of your sisters or your mother or just a neighbor to come and help you with something that you don't have time to do, but that's important to you or whatever it may be. Don't be afraid to ask for help or to just question why you're doing what you're doing, because a lot of us are doing things and we don't even know why we're doing it. It's just out of habit. It's out of, well, my mama did this or my aunt did this. So we end up following these behaviors and we're not questioning why. And if we're able to take away some of the smallest of things in our daily schedule, it, it allows more time to you know, prioritize what needs to be prioritized for you. And it's different for everyone. I could say it might be exercise for one person. It could be picking up a book for another one. It could be taking a nap. It could be a number of things, but you had to figure out what that puzzle is for you and put that piece to play. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad you said that, that, you know, health food is expensive. Organic is expensive. That stuff is expensive. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. Look, I look at the organic and I look at the conventional. I'll be like, mm. Mm. maybe I'll just get the conventional this time around. Lou don't like buying no organic nothing. <laughs> And so, you know, and then we look at the, you have the dirty dozen and the clean 15, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are the foods that it can change up every year. The list can change up the fruits and vegetables that have so much pesticides on them. They call them the dirty dozen that it doesn't matter how much you wash them. They're still going to have a negative impact on your body potentially because of all those pesticides. The Clean 15 has less pesticides on them. And so you can technically buy the regular non-organic ones and you should still be okay. But obviously if you can get organic too, but if you wash those regularly, you should be okay and not have a detrimental amount of pesticides in your body, right? And so I guarantee you, most of our culture does not know about the dirty dozen and the clean 15. And so, and most of those things are on a dirty dozen are things that we love. Strawberries, tomatoes, grapes, you know, all the things that we love and enjoy on this dirty dozen list. And so- if it's porous, y'all, that's your easy way. If it's something that seems more porous, it usually mm-hmm. is. <laughs> so it's um, it's just really, it's a lot, right? It's a okay. lot to do, and it's a lot to um, have to budget for. And so it's easier to put off long-term things because it's like, okay, I ain't got to worry about that right now. But I please, please, please beg of you to go the extra mile Put in that extra money for healthier foods because it is going to save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long term. Because even if you end up needing as you age in-home care or something like that, the worse your condition is, the more expensive that is. And so please, 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 I beg of you, just invest in yourself because health indeed is wealth. It's just Go ahead. Girl, do you see how much it is? Like, I, we have to really fight hard to be in a place of stability because I, I also start to think about life insurance. So if you go ahead trying to get a policy and your health is bad, 
your premium is gonna also be higher as well. There's so many, so it's yeah, it pays to take care of yourself. And that's what taking the cape off really allows you to do. It allows you to take care of yourself so that you can take care of all of these other things. So preach. Look, it's all it's that's the balancing act. You Mm -hmm. know, give take away some so you can give more. So what I I promise you, as you're listening to this, start thinking about the things, the areas of frustration in your life, because usually those are things that you need to reconfigure quickly. So what is it that you do that gives you anxiety or causes frustration that causes confusion or just adds absolutely no value to your life? So I, I, I mean, and if you are like, okay, well, maybe I'm not in a position to outsource. It might be cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about even buying a vacuum cleaner, like one of the electric vacuum cleaners. It could be the small things, those small investments that it seemed like, okay, this is really important to me. I like keeping my house clean. I can't afford having someone coming into my house monthly what else can I do to offset that? Like, what are the small things? So there, there are a number of ways to do that. And I would simplify, simplify your day. So one of the things, so y'all last year, I released a planner and it was a starting point, but the overall goal was to simplify your day so that you only focus on three things a day across all the things that you are working towards only focus on three things because we start to overwhelm ourselves like we try to do everything like today y'all I was plastering my stairs I was braiding kids hair you know I had all this stuff you know I'm trying to do all of this lunch just like what was I thinking why did I feel like I I had to do everything today for one and what made me think I had enough time but if I would have prioritized what was the most important thing I would have had more time to actually sit and enjoy my Sunday. Because again, we follow biblical principles over here, right? So we need a day of rest. (laughs) We need that that time away. Um, So figure out what it is you're working towards and simplify it. Take that cape off. I'm going to keep saying that as we talk through this. I I absolutely love it. And I think it's so important. Another thing that came to me is we should probably go back to the ways of our ancestors and they worked as a village right and so if there was cooking that needed to be done for a event you would have not one woman doing the cooking you would have all the women in the village come together to do a certain dish right if things needed to be put up you had all the people come together in the village to do that and so that's also another reason why it's important to have a strong village because you can rotate and kind of like you said, outsource. But if you're doing something as a team and as a whole, then you guys are helping each other in the rotation. It's not just someone helping you or doing something for you. And so I think that's important too, to kind of look at ways that we can kind of work smarter. And some of that may be going back to what our ancestors did and what our elders did to help get stuff done because they were expected to, to do everything right? They were given unrealistic expectations and were able to meet them. And there's a reason they were able to meet them. They were able to work smarter. They also had to work harder. Let's keep it real. Like it, it wasn't a choice. They had to work smart and hard. But I think we have been able to kind of do a little bit more with less 
And mm-hmm. so I think we need to go back to looking at the wisdom of our elders and trying to work out different ways that we can do that. I agree. Yeah. So With everything is up the cooking part because you know I'm trying. <laughs> Well, I said village. I mean, listen, I'm joking, y'all. I'm joking. I told y'all at the beginning of the podcast, I like to laugh. And I was listening. I was like, I'm with you, but don't mess with my food. So I love the fact that one of my questions was going to be what are some of the ways that we can encourage other women to drop the cake? But I feel like we talked about that in depth. So I really love that. I love that we gave examples. So yeah, that means a lot to me. I'm glad we got a chance to answer that. So you know the podcast, you know that this podcast focuses on people who have essentially dedicated their whole lives to doing things for everybody else, right? And so usually they leave little or no time or energy for themselves. And so what do you think would be some ways that we can not just encourage other women to put down a cape, but encourage ourselves to put down a cape, like you trying to plaster braid hair and do laundry all in the same day. What are some, <laughs> some ways that we can encourage people? <laughs> because one of the things that so you said in your planner, which I wish you had it with you so you could show it, but one of the Go things- to the website, check me out on Amazon, shameless yeah. plug. <laughs> oh, ain't no shame. Just the plug. <laughs> but, um, you know, narrowing it down to three things is great. But I think what people do, because the mindset hasn't shifted yet, is that you put three humongous things on there. And so your three things become larger or more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More general. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, you know, clean my room is clean the house. Mm-hmm. So that being one of your things, that's going to take you all day potentially, you know? So it's right. like, I think we really have to look at making sure that our mindset is unlearning some of the things that we try to take on with just doing too much and feeling like we don't have the same type of self-worth or the same type of value if we're not doing everything. Because that's another thing, right? It has kind of turned into this need to feel needed. And so if I don't wear my cape and do all this stuff for everybody else, then maybe nobody needs me. And then what am I worth? Right. Like we have to get past that. Like, first of all, you shouldn't want people to need you. You should want people to want you. Mm. Right. And so I don't want my kids to need me. I'm raising them so they don't need me. But I do hope that they still want me. Want me. You know? And so I'm not trying to make myself dispensable by all the things that I do for you. I'm trying to make myself dispensable because of the love that I pour into you and because of who I am as a person, not because of what I do for you. And so I think we have this mindset that we need to change because a lot of us feel like, well, we do so much for them. They need us. And if we take this cape off, they're not going to need us anymore. And then we're not going to hold the same weight in their lives. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that's unhealthy and Very. toxic. Right. And it'll burn you out as well. You'll, it'll you'll burn you pain. out and it doesn't build the relationship on a healthy standard. It doesn't. And so when they no longer need you, then you're upset. 
Because now you feel like, oh, you don't love me or you don't love me the same or you're not showing me love when that's not the situation. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is a situation because that's how you built it. You built your love off of what you're doing for that person. Right. I I completely agree. And if you're listening to this, I'm quite sure you're probably starting to think about different people who only reach out to you when they need something. Because Ooh, yeah. everyone has someone that listen (laughs) and hopefully you aren't that person that only reaches out to people when you need something um and that's been one of the areas in my life that I've had to to work through as well is to to get comfortable with no um and it's because again we hit on it before I didn't have boundaries so when someone needs something I'm like oh I can do it And I almost, I step over their boundaries at times because I feel like I can solve their problem. So we can dive into that a number of ways, trying to always feel like you have to be a fixer. Um, You don't, (laughs) that's, you know, in in short, I'll keep it short and say you don't, but you have to. Sometimes you can't. You can't, yeah, you can't. The fixing has to come from them. You could bandage, but you can't fix. You can't fix it because as soon as something comes up, you know, they're going to come back to you. And if you do it one time, they're going to come back again. So you'll find yourself always responding to the same type of way because they know that they can they can do that with you. They don't go to other people because they know other people will respond differently. They come to you because they know they can get what they want. And it, you have a pattern of doing that with them. And they also see how you display it with others. So mm-hmm. stop, s- stop the cycle, stop the cycle, say no. And you can do so in a loving way. So I, I think it's also how you do things as well, because no, I'm not out here telling you just to cut people off and be brutal and ruthless in engaging with people. Because again, you need a village, but you need a healthy village, right? So understand your role in your village, but also as you take on a place of leadership, because most women are leaders in some some form or fashion, um, make sure that your leadership displays, you know, as you display your leadership skills and you're being a servant leader, um, they also see within your servant leadership that you are able to be healthy for yourself. And your kids are also able to see that. So we've talked about our experiences and what we've seen witness. So also take on this particular journey um, with a level of, I don't know how I want to say, but essentially uh, make this important, Um, prioritize this. Because if you don't get it right, your kids will see your actions on display and they'll start to mimic those things and they won't have boundaries when it's important as well. Absolutely. So let me tell you something because you over here preaching on today. (laughs) Kids are nosy. Sponges. Kids kids are nosy. Okay. They They be in your business. They watch everything. Now, obviously, that's a part of their learning and development. We know that. Mm -hmm. But they are so observant. And they will absolutely mimic what you do because to you or to them, you are their safe space. And so because you are their safe space, you are their home base, you are their role model. And so Mm -hmm. there's stuff that you don't even realize you do 
that they will start doing. They are your mirror. Whether you like it or not, they are not going to do what you said. They are going to do what you live. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to get it 100% right. That's just not going to happen. But do your best to be as great of an example in your life and how you're living it as possible, because that is exactly what they're going to emulate. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and my daughter, because she's grown, she's a six-year-old, 35-year-old, will say, well, you guess it from my mother. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking, I'm like, you over here, I'm talking to a 200-year-old lady. She got so much wisdom. I'm like, I stand no chance. Why am I here? She know it all. I'm like, Stop I'm going to support my friend. Stop <laughs> it. But she will tell me, like, well, you said da-da-da-da-da, or you did da-da-da-da. And I have to be like, okay, well, this is the difference. Because I do believe in talking to her. And not being like this grown folk, you can't do what grown folks do. No, I did this because I did such and such and such today. You went to school. I worked. I then did this. And then I did did that. And then I did this for you and your brother and so on. And so if I want to have these minutes to sit down and tell you to clean up behind yourself, instead of you asking me why I'm not cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) this is my response i've been cleaning long before you even woke up today right i've been working before you woke up today so let let's have that conversation right and so (laughs) your kids will mimic you and then throw up what you do at you If they feel like your words aren't matching with your actions. She also told me I need to slow down and stop working so much. Mm. Because Mm. she listens sometimes to the podcast and she watches the quick tips and she's holding me accountable. Like, okay, well, are you going to rest? You need to rest. When are you going to stop? So... It is so important. Oh, she called me out all the time. The crazy part is she is six. And so what the heck am I going to get when she's 10 and 16? And I just like, Girl, again that's the re- that's why we uh we're gonna need to be together because uh, we're gonna need to lean on each other because let me tell you something. Our look, our four together, they have a little show. Right show (laughs) especially that youngest one child I'm praying and I think that's the other thing is that you know I I started the podcast out with just talking about you know wanting to let go of the burdens of carrying everyone else's um area everyone else's problems so I prayed over her that she would be strong-willed so that she wouldn't feel the need to perform when people came around because you know if you see those babies it's like oh they're so smart so say this say that so my son is like oh y'all he knows this you know and you know people you know when people would seem like oh do this and he would always do it I was like man if I was him I would tell them no like you know in the back of my head that's the parent but it's like you know not saying that my daughter is the complete opposite it's like ask her to say something she's gonna look at you like why are you speaking to me I don't know you first and foremost and no she's like no and she's y'all she just turned two but I 
I've never seen a child be that self-assured at such a um, such a young age. But I think it's a portion of my prayers because I saw where I had gone astray in my approach to life, where it's like, oh, you need something, I'm there. Oh, you need this, I'm there. And I was like, okay, God. Especially with her being a girl, I was I was very intentional in my prayers. You know, I did the whole healthy, happy, and whole. Like that's the foundation of pray- my prayers for both of them. But with her, I don't know. I felt a need for her to be strong. Um, not saying I don't need my son to be strong, but I I saw a mirror of myself being a woman and wanting my daughter to be able to go through life and live it as authentically as she felt she needed to without feeling like she had to be perfect or um, fit into a model. Yeah, so I I can see it even as she's two, but she's just like, y'all, I'm not with the foolery going on now. Like, <laughs> but, that's, but that's, guess what? That's what we call boundaries. Mm-hmm. And see, that's how early it starts for us with not having boundaries mm-hmm. being performative you know doing these things that are above and beyond just being a good kid right and so those type of things start their training for us to put the cape on mm-hmm. so we can sit there and do all these things for other people and be the one who you know makes people's day or makes people laugh or makes people smile or you know makes people proud like yes nothing's wrong with that at its core but unfortunately it was usually results in people feeling like they have to have this pressure to do these things for other people and so that's how the cape starts and so we've literally been trained to do this from a baby, you know? And so it's so great that you are encouraging your daughter to be able to go against that grain Mm -hmm. because that's how it starts. You know, we have to start them from the beginning. I remember having to encourage my daughter not to take everything that was said to her. You know, if someone called her loud or crazy, no, I'm not loud. No, I'm not crazy. That's their language. That doesn't apply to you. They say that to somebody who establishes boundaries. That doesn't make you loud or crazy. That makes you confident in your boundary. And so being able to teach her that difference or share with her that difference. So then the next time she could stand up and say, no, I'm not loud and I'm not crazy. That's not me. That's just, that's you, but that's not me. You know, that she can be able to say, I'm not going to accept that from you. And a lot of times part of wearing the cape is accepting a lot of things from other people that, like you said, aren't ours. They aren't. Listen, you can call me whatever, but what does God say about me? And that's right. ultimately what I'm trying to instill in these kids. It's like the world will, you know, tell you you're this, you're that, you look this way, you should only have X, Y, Z, but you need to be confident in who God has made you to be. Don't back down from that. Don't doubt that. Walk boldly in that. Know who you are. Like know who you are in this world and command respect based on who God has created you to be. Because as my grandmother would say, he ain't made no jump. Incorrect grammar and all. So with that, (laughs) so with that, it's like you don't have to be everything and still be whole. You don't have to do everything and still be great. 
you don't have to look like everyone else expects you to look, sound like everyone else expects you to sound. We have the same job, the same profession. Your bank account doesn't have to look the same. Your The cars you drive don't have to look the same, but you have to know that you know that you know that you know who God created you to be and be bold in that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, be confident. Don't be arrogant, but be confident, be rested, reassured in who you are. And yeah, so it doesn't matter if, you know, you don't go have 20 million jobs like everyone else. Just perfect the one that you do have. It doesn't matter if, you know, you don't, uh, you know, have 10 degrees. These people not using these degrees anyway. So don't read a book. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> it's like I can get on a whole story about uh, my degrees and what I actually use. But and again, I'm saying be educated. Be educated in the things God has called you to. But run your race. Run your race, be an expert in whatever you're doing, but don't do stuff just to make other people happy. And if it's you questioning, you know, why you're pursuing something, sometimes you need to have a conversation with yourself. And that's one thing that Uh I had to do. Yeah, I had to have that conversation with myself with some of these things too. It's just like, okay, Jessica, if you get another degree, are you doing that just to prove other people wrong? Mm. Um. If you get another job just to have this title, are you doing that to to pack the little girl on the inside on the back to say you finally have arrived? Or are you doing that because that's genuinely what you want to do and that's what's going to make you happy? Because you get all of this stuff and you have these capes all wrapped up around you, you know, superwoman and you're doing all of this stuff and you're still unhappy. A lot of people, I have a lot of friends, like, thank God most of my friends are successful. So all these people out here, six figures at least you know that I'm surrounded around they have you know beautiful homes and across the board right there are different pockets that we're all working to um sort through so it's just like you do all of this stuff but are you truly happy I had a particular friend to call me she was like on this beautiful trip one time and she called me crying and she was just like I'm so unfulfilled and on the surface she she wore the cape she was everything to everyone and she had her resume was stacked beautiful but it was still something on the inside that was still hungry for more mm-hmm. and i ain't gonna go deep with y'all biblically but i will just say make sure your foundation is sure because you can wear these capes and you can give all of yourself to everyone and still have something on the inside that's empty so it's about figuring out what's empty on the inside so outwardly you can have the balance that you need to have. And then get your rest. Go to sleep, y'all. <laughs> Go to sleep. Oh, yes. The, so you brought up something important. And so I want to I want to mention that real quick. And then I'm going to get back to ways that we can encourage ourselves to take the cape off. What we have to realize is who what's our identity, right? Mm-hmm. We have to understand what our identity is. And a lot of times the society makes it seem like where you work, how much you get paid, what your title is or position is, is what makes up your identity. But that's just a small portion of your identity. You are so much more. And so I think that when you put the cape on and you're being superwoman to everybody else, 
you are at their expectation level, right? So this person expects you to write this paper for them. This person expects you to tell them how they can get the best deal on buying a car. This person expects you to tell them how you gonna, how they're going to eat right so they can do da-da-da-da-da. You are putting on all these different masks for all these different people that you stop knowing who you are because you've always done whatever is needed. That doesn't mean that's what your purpose to do. And so it's so important to understand that who are you in your identity? Because even when you know who you are in your identity, it cannot be wavered. And so if someone comes to you asking you for something, I'm sorry, you know, I would love to be able to help you, but I do not have the expertise in that. Let me offer you this resource. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what? I can help you with that because I have experience in da-da-da-da-da. Or I'm going to pray for you because that's not in my will. (laughs) (laughs) We have to understand what our identity is because what we'll do is we'll take on stuff that we're not experts in or that we just don't have the capacity for. And then we are running ourselves ragged while the other people are sleeping, just waiting for us to get back to them. Preach, y'all. And (laughs) that could be on your job as well. Listen, you got to be able to tell, ask people, why are they asking you to do it when they have other people? Like if it's, and don't feel like you always have to be the person that goes the extra mile, because let me tell y'all these jobs, they'll cut you and you with the extra mile, ring yourself in the ground and they're moving on without you. Um, Yes. yes. I have heard (laughs) of people passing away on the job. I had a friend who had a heart attack at his desk. When I say like, y'all, we'll have to have another conversation because I can really go into the importance of owning your life. I mean, well, I say that asterisk, your your life is in the hands of God, but owning the the narrative of your life in- in Utilizing free will. Free will, that's it. And being able to step outside of it because you give so much for nothing. Um, since COVID hit, I know I know people personally telling me they've had co-workers to pass away. And guess what? These job requisitions, requisitions went out within a week of that person passing away. So you have to question, why are you doing what you're doing? And what's the ultimate goal? But you hit on something um, when you were speaking. You said, who are you? And most of the time when you ask people like, oh, hi, what's your name and who are you? They start out with their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm a mom. A mom. Yep. You know, I'm a wife and those type of things. And it's like, oh, okay. So who are you before that? Because you, who are you beyond that? And especially if- Yeah, you before know, that. Like that's really is before that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, understanding all of that so if you not to say you strip away your kids and your husbands because we love our kids and our husbands shout out to them but it's more to us shout out to shout out to lucas devon are you like shout out to them (laughs) yeah it's so funny that our husbands are just so laid back they just like you know they really just like yeah whatever you know which I got, whatever. <laughs> like right now they probably just like lord they they in a podcast <laughs> so so we love them so much right right 
but it's like even with that being able to provide value to to your marriages your relationships to your kids you have to be whole beyond that because when you're good you have something to talk about when you're good you have something to be excited about it 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 makes everything better when you're good your village is good that's one less thing they gotta worry about you're not over there stressed out they can pray for somebody else because you got your life together today (laughs) so take the cape off free these other people free yourself free <laughs> everyone else you know fantasia told us minister fantasia barino taylor love me some fanny that's my girl yeah but she told you free yourself she, showed she, she was talking about something else but free yourself we gonna this is that's today's topic free yourself from this absolutely i absolutely think that we have to understand we are not what we do. There's a difference between what we do and who we are, right? And so who we are, we bring into what we do, but what we do doesn't define who we are. And so that's the thing that I think as a society, we have backwards because you are absolutely right. When someone asks you about yourself, what they want to know is where you work, what do you do at that job? You know, if you single or married, what's your marital status? And if you have kids, those are typically the three things they're concerned about. Right. But that is- They know and start asking you where you went to school at. When, that's when they really trying to size you up. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama A&M. Keep going. <laughs> first of all, first of all, yes, Alabama A&M, but we know the <laughs> illustrious- Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. When we say AM, we're talking about Alabama. Alabama. I said, what? What? I told y'all, y'all, we're friends in real life. So (laughs) we are. We are friends in real life. And it's all HBCU love at the end of the day. (laughs) So I just think it's really, I think once we get clear on who we are, it's easier to establish boundaries. Mm hmm. And so I don't want to hold you much longer. I got a few more questions. So I want to know what self-care looks like to you. So how do you put the cape down with all that you have going on? So I'm going to say my daily self-care. And then I'm going to say like, um, I guess, more of the traditional self-care. Y'all, self-care for me is pretty simple it's me sitting outside in my backyard and looking at the birds and I'm I'm old school again so I sit and watch random YouTube videos like I try to find like the old school churchy videos and I just sit there and laugh I told y'all it's very simple I I like to find different memes and I I I really just dig deep into that Self-care for me is me talking to my friends and no matter what the situation is, we're finding humor in those particular situations. It's fitness. It's me working out and getting out, just walking through the community, um, working out. And it's also just, I like to craft. So I'm always looking to just make things creative so for me I'm always business 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 I'm always doing stuff on in that space so lately it's been creating my son's um lunch so you know I try to 
I'm on Pinterest trying to figure out how to do the, the latest trendy things. But for some, that would be a chore. But it's so it's so much so outside of what I would normally do. And granted, it's for somebody else. But for me, it allows me to not care. Like there is no nobody expecting anything. It's just me looking in the kitchen and saying, like, what can I do to, to do something fun and to just get away from it all? Um, beyond that, it is it is traveling, whether it be with family, it's getting away. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to Dubai or Paris, but it may be a quick road trip. Um, some days it's a quick trip to the store. I love um, I love going to Five Below. So I'm going to let you guys in on the tip about me. Five Below has the best music. I go on Five Below and dance. Like, it's like a whole show. <laughs> it's the most, like, that's how you can really gauge my mood. It's like, if I'm in there just like dancing, like, not in a crazy way, but like dancing through the store, it just allows me to step away from, again, the reality of life. And I'm looking at just random items in the store that, you know, just take away from the seriousness of it all so that I can get back into enjoy, you know, the things I love. Because the things that I do that are purposeful, so like the businesses, um, while they are different cakes, God has placed me over those things for a reason. So they're not always taxing, but I still need a break from, from them. So getting away from them, doing those mindless activities, connecting with the people I love, connecting with nature, just allow me to recharge and get back to working on the things God has called me to. <laughs> love it. I love it. So share, if you don't mind, some of your current goals. One of my short-term goals is to have an event in December called The Bridge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hope you guys come. It's free. Savon, I would love for you to be, take part, but we'll talk about that later. I'm going to say, I didn't okay. this. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, short-term goal is to bring people together. So the goal there is to just spotlight um, different professionals um, that range from entrepreneurs to um, business professionals, so the corporate or the federal sectors, and to allow them to share their journeys and the things that they've had to overcome as they pursue purpose. So I'm looking forward to it. It's like a month away, but I hope that people show up and they find value in it and it helps them prepare for 2022. Long term, so into 2022, I plan to release another planner. So I'm working to revise that. The goal, the, the focus of that is just talking about getting back on track, daring to dream again, daring to think again. The next thing that I'm working on is to expand promising presence. And hopefully in the near term, I move into full-time entrepreneurship. I'm going to throw that out there. From my mouth to God's ears. Yes, I hear you on that, girl. Loose it in heaven. It's loosed on earth. <laughs> Bind it in heaven. It's bound on earth. So, <laughs> so th those are the major things right now. It's just focusing on preparing and putting myself in a position to sit at the seat, um, sit at the table that God has prepared for me. So, Absolutely. I love it. Okay, so this is my last question. What do you want your legacy to be? And so <laughs> when I think about legacy, a lot of times we talk about our children, right? Being our legacy. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that dash in between the numbers. 
what do you want people centuries from now to be able to say about that dash in your life? First off, I want them to say she really did love God and she gave him her all with the gifts and talents he gave her. She inspired those who are around her to dream big, to have hope, and to know that their life had meaning. She loved hard and she gave the best of herself, but she left some for herself. (laughs) And last but not least, I would like for them to say that she was someone that um, she, she laughed a lot. She had fun. So I know that's probably not anything that's grandiose, but ultimately my goal is just to help other people find their purpose, tap into their purpose and to live out their dreams. And I, I, um, I think that's where my life value, um, and my life legacy will, uh, that's what it will be. I love that. I think that was beautiful. So thank you. I appreciate you sharing. (laughs) But I got through it guys. Got all mistakes for love. (laughs) you did amazing and so i want to transition to our weekly segment so that's the encouragement quote the encouragement challenge and the beacon of encouragement and so i usually start with the encouragement challenge and i don't know i'm gonna ask you do you have an encouragement challenge that you want to give to the sw family i encourage you to reach out to someone that you see who's wearing all of these capes and just tell them that they're doing a good job. Let them know that you see them and you, um, that you appreciate what they're doing. Sometimes it's just as simple as that y'all just reach out to someone. Yeah. Tell them that they're doing good. Encourage the encourager. Girl, encouragers need encouragement too. Absolutely. Okay, so next is this week's speaking of encouragement. And this week's speaking of encouragement is none other than you, Mrs. Jessica Hickson Walker. <laughs> look at your face. <laughs> oh my gosh, you look really surprised. <laughs> I was. I was like, what's, what's going on? I was like, oh, encouragement. Like, where are we going with this? What's it expecting? so it's for all it's not just for all that you do it's for all that you are it's for who you are as a person your heart your love to help people (laughs) you're so silly you're just an amazing person and I'm so glad that I have you as a part of my village so thank you for being a beacon of encouragement so thank you for this honor y'all everything Stevon is telling to me I feel the same way about her 200% so I know I'm supposed to just say thank you but I just need the listeners to know in real life she's dope okay you know as the young people say in real life she's dope so um she's not just out here you know podcasting and telling y'all something that she's not living and something that she's not doing or that she just started this you know some of these people out here just life coaching and they just you know they just was born yesterday and lived through nothing (laughs) yeah she lives this thing um 
I've, how long have we known each other now? What, over about 11-ish years now? 10, 11 yeah. years? Y'all, she been real the whole time. She ain't, she ain't switched up. Yeah, I really don't talk like this in real life, but uh, I talk like this with ribs. So oh, I'm a little too comfortable now. I'm just going to say she she's she's solid. Thank Amen. you. I really appreciate that. Amen. That means a lot to me. That means a lot to me, honestly. And so, but the focus is on you though. And so I want you to take all that love and take all this beacon of encouragement, uh, flowers that I'm giving you right now. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and for all those listening, remember, if you want to nominate a beacon of encouragement, hit me up on my website, www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. And so we are moving on to the quote now. So I got, I had it written down because you know, my memory, I can't be memorizing stuff. And so I got it written down. Hold on. <laughs> Your memory, my memory. This ginseng, girl, I'm going to mail you some. It takes off of myself. (laughs) This call is actually by me. So you think I should remember it, right? That's sad. Anyway, sometimes you forget how powerful you are just by being you. So here's your reminder. (laughs) What'd you think? guys come on i can already like see luke rolling his eyes anyway i thought it was cute i like it we just needed like you know some bongos or some like you know like the no you did like this speech and it was some deep right neo soul place and once she finished everybody started snapping do it say it one more time for the people (laughs) so silly and with that i just want to thank you all for joining us on this episode of encouraging women to take the cape off and i just want to thank you jessica thank you so much for being here you truly been amazing and i want you to share with everyone where they can find you i know you have it in the background but i need you to say it out loud too listen y'all check out the banner and if you're hopefully you can see this if not it's coming she's working on that because i'm telling her to get out here i'm one of her accountability partners yes um (laughs) she's gonna be out here y'all um so you can connect with me um on my website you can go to jessicahicksonwalker.com so that's j-e-s-i-c-a-h-i-x-o-n-w-a-l-k-e-r.com you only said one S. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, y'all. y'all know how to spell Jessica. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. I'm telling you, I'm taking the cape off. I, I need to outsource spelling. I'll have it in the link, y'all. It'll be it'll link. link. Okay. Uh, go on Instagram, follow um, 5P's podcast. That's the number five, the letter P, the letter S podcast. Also, follow unique treats so that's u-n-i-k-t-r-e-a-t-s go check out our website go snag you some apparel and get things together and then if you need some business development or if you work in corporate america or federal government and you guys are looking for someone to do some consulting check out promising presence company so promisingpresence.com you'll find us thank you (laughs) 
I love how you did the voice change like that. that. That's my professional voice. In real life, I'm professional, guys. Well, in work settings, I am. And with friends, I am how I am on this call. Code switching is what they call it nowadays. Look, that's a whole nother podcast, code switching. <laughs> and so I want to congratulate you because you just hit a year on your podcast. Woo, 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 woo. It's been a journey. That's amazing. I'm so yes. really you are doing big things. And so I can't wait to see where this takes you. I can't either. Um, I, I'm really on this, you know, I'm pursuing the Lord in all that I do, following the Holy Spirit's guidance. So as long as he has me on the air, I'll be out there. So y'all, we're on all streaming services. So after y'all go listen to this episode and catch up on all of the latest episodes of the antithesis of Superwoman, go check out the Five Piece podcast. We talk business and all those things. So um, hopefully you find it interesting. Check it out. (laughs) I think absolutely. Please go check her out. Follow her on all her platforms. I mean, she's truly just an amazing person inside and out, personal or professional. You can't go wrong. So please follow her. And I just want to thank all of you for joining me. You know, you can find me on my website, www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. You can find me on Instagram at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. You can find me on Facebook at at antithesis of superwoman. And I got a Facebook group now called the Antithesis of Superwoman Encouragement Collective. So please join that as well. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us. And remember, no Kate, no cap. Bye.